today on CityCast Chicago. Anyone who follows Illinois politics, even remotely, knows the name Michael J. Madigan. And even if you don't follow it, you've probably heard it. In this state, his name means power. It's been like this for so long, we forget to ask, how did he get all this power? And how did the era of Madigan invincibility come to an end? Today, we dig into the Madigan rule. It's Wednesday, October 6th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. All right, I'm recording. I'm recording. I think I'm good to go. Test one. Test one. Yes, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Justin Kaufman is host of the podcast out today called The Madigan Rule. The five-part series from the Better Government Association is about Madigan's rise to Speaker of the Illinois House and Chairman of the state's Democratic Party. For many people, Madigan's power is so assumed for so long that we forget how actually he got to that point. So when and how does Mike Madigan start his rise in Illinois politics? You know, he started in episode one, we call it Up From the Garbage Truck. Right. That's that's the, the name of the, the headline. And it's really because people tell me stories about he started literally on the back of a garbage truck. He, his dad was a precinct captain in the 13th Ward on the city's southwest side, right by Midway Airport. He uh, took jobs at Streets and Sand. He got a very prestigious internship at the law department uh, when he was, you know, uh, in college. So city politics was in his family. Already. Yeah, oh, yeah. His his dad, another Madigan, I believe Mike Madigan, uh, mm-hmm. was the precinct captain who worked for the daily organization. So this was Richard J. Daly back in the day. So what happened is Mike Madigan introduced himself to Richard J. Daly, continued to climb the ladder, the political organization, the Daly organization, so much so that uh, in 1969, 1970, the state had their their constitutional convention. They did this where they open it up. They're going to look at the rules of how they govern in the House and the Senate, what are some of the rules that need to be changed. Mike Madigan was sent to Springfield by then Richard J. Daly to be a delegate. So you could say, and, it's, and, and I have people in this podcast saying, the reason Mike Madigan knew the rules so well is he wrote the rules. Mm-hmm. Is the relationship between Richard J. Daly and Mike Madigan one of like mentor and mentee? Yes. Yes. Okay. No, no doubt about it. Mike Madigan was a disciple of, of Richard J. Daly, down to how the organization worked, the machine, if you will. The fuel of, of the organization is patronage. So mm-hmm. the old days, it was you would, you would create an army that would go out and volunteer and make sure that people got out to vote. And if you did a good job, they would find you a job in city government as payback. That was not illegal until the late 70s, into the 80s, into the 90s. Mm-hmm. I listened to a couple episodes, but particularly I listened to the first episode of the podcast. And you were talking to people who worked in the office, people who Mike Madigan made coffee for when he was making coffee for himself. <laughs> right. People really seem to look up to Mike Madigan. Is that the sense you get from how he yeah. built his organization? The takeaway I got is he's a very good politician. But what I got from people who worked for him or people who were in the General Assembly with him or even those who worked with him at the governor's mansion, respect for the way he played the game. You know, if you talk to Governor Egger, he says, never lied to you. He talked to Governor Ryan. These are people on the other side of the aisle. Never lied to him. You know, you knew what you got with Mike Madigan. Mike Madigan is the Peyton Manning or Tom Brady of Illinois politics. And it shows because he knows how to make the right move when the right move needs to be made. Mm -hmm. Speaking of right moves, let's talk about power building in Springfield. A big moment in that process is the cutback amendment in the 80s. What happened there? Okay, this is the best story. So this was this was uh, the late 70s, 80s, where Pat Quinn, who went on to be the governor of Illinois at the time, he was uh, just a consumer advocate. He, He was a petitioner. 
So he put together a petition to essentially cut the Illinois House from 177 members to 118. Madigan was very much opposed to the cutback amendment. Well, he led booing of the state legislature, the House. We had done this petition drive against advance pay, and uh, Jim Houlihan, who was a representative, introduced me. I was sitting in the gallery, and uh, when they saw that I was there in the gallery of the House, they, the entire House stood up, Democrat and Republican, and booed me for three minutes, a standing booation, led by Madigan. And it got through, and he actually, uh, much to the chagrin of Madigan and, and the lawmakers at the time, they didn't want to lose, you know, their people didn't want to lose jobs down there. Right. What it did is it made four legislative leaders. You had the House majority, the Speaker, the House minority, the State Senate president, and the uh, Senate minority leader. And in that, Mike Madigan seized it. So in a way, and, and, and Pat Quinn, he disputes this. But in a way, mm-hmm. Pat Quinn, who was really trying to stop corruption and, uh, you know, excise uh, power in Springfield, created Mike Madigan, the Mike Madigan we know to be the Speaker of the House. You know, that brings up Madigan's relationship with governors who yeah. in other states you'd think would have a little more power than the Speaker of the House. But, you know, that's not necessarily the case here. All you know, of the states, talk- Jacoby, every state. There's no <laughs> state where the Speaker of the House has more power than the governor, right? This is the only state where the Speaker of the House may actually have more power than mm-hmm. the governor. You talked to four governors who, who served with Madigan. Yes. Jim Edgar, George Ryan, Pat Quinn, and Bruce Rauner. What did they say it was like working with Madigan? It seemed to me that Mike Madigan got along better with the Republican governors than the Democratic governors. They talk about the fact that you knew what you were going to get from Mike Madigan, and Mike Madigan was out to win. The one thing that Governor Edgar says that is really interesting is that he says that one of the reasons Mike Madigan retained power is because he knew how to count. This was uh, an issue because a lot, when you're trying to figure out if you got enough votes for yep. this or that, you've got to know who's on, who's on whose side. Madigan, we start working the roll call in the House. I, I talked, George Ryan was a Republican leader in the House, and he told me how many votes he had, and Madigan told me how many votes he had, and he said, what George tell you? And I said, this is how many votes. He didn't have that many votes. He said, I didn't have those votes. He says, and he went through the roll call that Ryan had given me, and he says, no, no, this is wrong. Now, you might be able to get this. And he went through that roll, and he had exactly how the Republican, better than George did, the leader. I learned that day, nobody counts better than Mike Madigan. Bruce Rauner is a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Bruce Rauner and Mike Madigan knew each other before Bruce Rauner ran for governor. Yeah. And Bruce Rauner t- t- told the story that he used to fund Democrat mm-hmm. politicians. Bruce Rauner talks about, uh, he tells a story about having lunch in Chicago where Mike Madigan says, listen, Bruce, I, I do two things in Springfield. I manage power and I make money from managing power. Mm-hmm. And then, they, then Bruce Rauner you know, gets really deep about what was at stake, but also the cost of the two of them having this existential fight in the, you know, from 2015 to 2018 that was 2019 that was, you know, made the whole state stall out. You also talked to former state rep Ken Duncan, a name a lot of people may not remember, but someone then sitting President Barack Obama had words with in 2016. What happened? <laughs> well, Ken Duncan uh, was a state representative who actually crossed Madigan. Madigan was, was, you know, stalling out all of the agenda items for Governor Rauner. And Governor Rauner tells a story that he, could, he was trying to get a, there was a veto vote on an anti-labor um, bill. It was down to the one vote, essentially. And Governor Rauner convinced, this is, this is Governor Rauner's words, Governor Rauner convinced uh, Representative Duncan to stay at the U.S. Open and skip the 
vote. Madigan loses that vote. Madigan's mad at Ken Duncan for crossing him. He was apoplectic. He was furious. I've never seen him so pissed. And he, he was like, and, and you know, what did he do? He brought President Obama, a sitting United States president, back to Chicago to campaign in a primary for a state legislative sit- seat. That has never happened in U.S. history. He, he gives a speech. Remember this? This was in the uh, General Assembly. It had nothing to do. Usually you don't have a president speaking to a General Assembly. And then he says in the speech, you know, he says something like, we all got to get together. And he's like, uh, and he calls Ken Duncan out in a speech. And he says, not you, Ken. Or you get, Duncan, we're going to talk after this. And he gets a big applause from the place. And mm-hmm. now Duncan says that's because Madigan gave money for the Obama Center. That's when this was beginning, and this was payback, that Madigan had the influence and power to say, I need you to campaign to get rid of Ken Duncan. And so yeah. just the, whether that's true or not, and that's a lot of you know, conjecture when, you're, when you really hey, think about it. To, to have the ear of the president, even in rumor and speculation. Can you imagine? I mean, you're talking about a state ho- the state house relationship between a speaker and a governor. This is a speaker of the house in Illinois and the president of the United States. For him to be in power for that long, what are some of the major things that take place in Illinois across that tenure that he has his hands all over? All of it. You can't have a, if, any sort of history book that, that will ever remove Mike Madigan from Illinois politics and government because he had his hands on every single thing that has happened in Illinois since 1970. You do not get anything passed in the state house in the state of Illinois without Mike Madigan's stamp of approval. Uh, everything from the tax structure and how we do tax, there was, you know, income tax, property tax, the way we fund schools is another one. The stadium deals, if you're talking about the White Sox staying in Chicago, there was a time where the White Sox were going to go move to Florida. The Mike Madigan has kept uh, all the sports teams in Chicago. Hmm. Everything that has been passed in the last 50 years has his handprint on it. Madigan's decline, right, those cracks in the foundation. A lot of it happens because, you know, the same thing that got him into power, patronage and the Democratic Mm -hmm. machine. Uh, But it's when it starts to be about privatizing patronage. You know, when does this first become an issue for the speaker? Well, that was it, right? I mean, the the Shackman decree, which called out that you can't give government jobs to people who worked on campaigns. And that was the lifeblood of the Chicago machine, right? And it wasn't and it wasn't under the table. That's how politics was. There are so many people that Madigan has given jobs to in in the public sector. Then the Shackman decree comes along and then you start. There was a scandal in 2013 with Metro. You may remember this where yeah, yeah. Metro, they started to recognize that Mike Madigan had his hands in Metro, which is not a state agency. It's an independent agency. It's transportation. But they think like you have people who are who got a job at, at Metro because they helped out, but they don't have any experience in that or they or they're incompetent or that was 2013. Fast forward to 2019. You have a scandal with ComEd where the whole point, which is happening with this bribery scandal is that. Now we're talking about utility, that Madigan's sending people over to the utility to get jobs. And the utility is saying, we'll do that in return for favors, saying, get us better rates, give us better deals in the spring out, in Springfield. That's not proven, but that's what the yeah, feds right. are he looking hasn't into. Been, he hasn't been no. charged with anything, but a lot of people in the inner circle very close to him. Yeah, and, ha- and, and exactly. And, and, there, and there, is, there are official bribery charges on the ComEd side for doing that. The question is whether or not Mike Madigan knew about it. At the end of the day, there is still is no proof of, of wrongdoing. Uh, the, the Speaker of the House lost his speakership and he lost 
you know, and resigned from his perch, not necessarily because because of this federal investigation. He lost because he, he did not deliver on the fair tax proposal, which was on the ballot, the referendum in November. Mm-hmm. He was defeated by the Republicans, by uh, billionaires like Ken Griffin. Uh, and, and the Democratic Party in the state of Illinois kind of saw that and said, you may be an albatross, but there is no doubt about it that the state of Illinois has changed for better or worse, whatever which way you look, and that podcast is, the podcast is not about deciding that for you. It's about giving you these stories, that Illinois has changed because of Mike Madigan. Where is Madigan now? You know, have you reached out to him and his people? Yeah, I have, but I haven't heard back. I'm not surprised he wouldn't do it, and I would love to talk to him because I think it would be a fair, objective look of what I've learned from doing. You know, I learned a lot that I didn't already know uh, about Mike Madigan through the stories that were told. Justin Kaufman is the host and producer of The Madigan Rule, a five-part podcast series about the political life of Michael Madigan. It's available today. Thank you, Justin, for joining us on CityCast Chicago. Jacoby, always a pleasure talking to you, man. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Cook County State's Attorney Kim Fox traded words yet again after the mayor was critical of Fox's office for not bringing charges against suspects in a shooting that occurred last week. Fox responded that current evidence did not yet meet the threshold to levy charges and that the mayor publicly discussing the case was both wrong and inappropriate. A shout out to Chicago Sky rookie Dana Evans for being named to the 2021 WNBA All-Rookie Team. The Sky take on the Sun tonight at Wintrust Arena with a trip to the WNBA Finals on the line. You can catch it on ESPN at 7. And some good news to get you through. Fall is the season of pies, my friend. Apple, sweet potato, pumpkin, you name it, I'm trying to get a piece. And this weekend, the Southside Pie Challenge is coming to Nichols Park on 53rd Street. If you want to compete, registration closes today. If you want a slice, meet me at the park on Saturday. Remember, for more Chicago events and news, including a write-up on the White Sox rebuild to playoff contention, check out our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. This is my closet buddy. I record with him.